Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, senior writer at Heavy.com and the host of the Scoop B radio podcast. You know, I got to check out my guy, Austin D, because he's making it happen on Austin D Radio. Thanks for the intro, Scoop. You guys are tuning in to another episode of Austin D Radio right here with your boy, Austin D. And on this episode, we'll be discussing some of the latest draft steals in the 2020 NBA draft. With Klay Thompson suffering a season-ending injury, what does the future of Golden State Warriors look like moving forward? With Gordon Hayward declining his $34 million option and deciding to sign with the Charlotte Hornets in free agency, how will that impact his legacy moving forward? And with Giannis Antetokounmpo's free agency decision looming, is there anything the Bucks can do to keep him in Milwaukee? To kick it off, he is from Laguna Niguel, California, and is a former professional baseball player who played in the minor league for seven years as a right-handed pitcher. He attended Long Beach State University and was selected with the fit, selected in the fifth round with the 162nd overall pick of the 2008 June Amateur Draft by the Seattle Mariners. Currently, is the host of the Too Tall sports podcast which can be found on all streaming platforms including apple podcast spotify or wherever you guys get your podcasts from not only does he discuss sports but he highlights intriguing stories from other former and current athletes that he's gotten to know within the sports industry you guys can also follow him on instagram at two tall sports podcast to say to stay up to date on when he's dropping new content mr brent lauren joins me on the podcast how you doing sir i'm good man thank you for having me love the intro i appreciate it i'm glad to be here I, I had to do my research. I didn't want to get anything <laughs> wrong. I, I wanted to make you feel like royalty on the podcast. Nah, man, you did. Thank you. No problem. No problem. Also joining me on the podcast, she makes up one half of the duo from the Beyond the Play podcast, which is a weekly sports podcast highlighting everything from the NBA to the NFL and beyond. You guys can follow her on Instagram at Produced by Lex and stay up to date on when she is dropping her latest content. The one and only Alexis Hamilton joins me on the podcast. What's up, girl? So my resume wasn't as long, but you know, <laughs> you've you, you been on the podcast before. I, I, you know, I, at least I'm plugging you in. That's the least I'm doing. Like, I mean, that's all, that's all that I can ask for. Right. Yeah. Yep. So originally planned, we were going to start off with the NBA draft, but of course, as I sent, sent the Brent, sent the Brett last night, uh, John Wall decided to demand a trade from the Washington Wizards. So I'm gonna go ahead and kick it off with you. What what is the future in Washington looking like? Because for this whole time, we've been hearing this narrative. We want to keep John Wall and Bradley Bill together with the Wizards. But, you know, unfortunately, somebody somebody wants out. So how are you feeling about the situation? I, I just it's never worked with those two, John Wall and Bradley Beal. I think I think Bradley Beal is doing himself a disservice by staying in Washington. Like he's clearly a, a high caliber player that should be somewhere else with a contender. They're both just wasting their time for years in Washington. They're not going anywhere. So I think, I, I don't know how Wall's going to get out of there, especially with his contract, but maybe the only one that makes sense is the Westbrook for Wall swap because their contracts are similar. I, I, I'm just trying to think of ways that you could get him out of there. No, I, I see what you're saying, but it's yeah. like, basically you're trading the same. Yeah. You're, you're, you're trading the same thing. It's like you're, you're, right. you're not getting anything in return from either no. one. Both are bad at shooting a three-point three shot. Yeah. Both, both rack up high number of assists. So, so, and both are head first and athletic when it comes, when it comes to attacking a basket. So you're not really yeah. getting anything out of No, I'm one. just thinking salaries that would match up. It, they're both pretty much the same player, but clearly Westbrook wants out of Houston and all that stuff. And we can talk about that, but there, who, who's going to take John Wall after this many injuries and this, this much time missed? I don't know what, what team would commit to Wall. I, I just don't see it. And, and to be honest, you know, I, I look at it and people forget before, like when John Wall is healthy, like fully healthy. He's a, he's a top five point guard in the league. Like I, I think a lot of people really forget about that. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you kind of, you kind of miss something when it's gone. Like 
You know, you, you don't know how good you love something until it's gone. And with John Wall, you know, it, it's been about what, two years, two years since he last played his, yeah. he played his last NBA game. So it's, it's like a lot of people forget, but John, like you said, John Wall, Westbrook, like I, I did want to argue on that front, but now that you explain it to me, you break it down. There's, like that's really the only one that makes sense. Right. I think that's the only way to get him out of Washington. If I'm the Wizards, I want to reboot anyway. I don't want to keep spinning my wheels with this team. I want to, we need to like do what the Knicks are doing and just start shelling out, you know, salary just because they're not going anywhere. So especially in the East, like you got to be a little more competitive. I mean, LeBron's out of the East now. So there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's really no excuse. There's really no yeah. excuse there. What do you, what do you, what do you think, Lex? What do you think, uh, and John Wall? And the Washington Wizards. Send him off somewhere. Bring Beal over here to the Heat. Legs. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. You know what's funny? I was literally having the same argument. With I like friend, that. With a friend of mine on Instagram. He was. He's like, you know, John Wall. He he practice. He he does his summer runs in Miami. He has a. He lives in Miami. I'm like, yo, just because it's a warm weather city with nice, you know, with, with a nice breeze, nice beaches, you know, nice beautiful women. That is that does not mean he wants to go play for the Miami Heat. <laughs> I, you know, people get so attached to the culture of Miami that they end up signing. Look at Avery Bagley. Oh, wow. So, so, so now you're just going to talk about how we, how you guys stole. Just had to throw that shot out there. (laughs) No, you know what? We, hey, Austin, we didn't even need him in the bubble. We still won a championship. Go ahead. Exactly. Exactly. But I was, I was going to say this. I I was making this legit argument. I'm like, so you're telling me you're going to place two, two, Let's say superstar. I believe Jimmy Butler is a superstar now. He he rose himself to the superstar standard. John Wall, I believe, like I said, when I believe he's a, he's, he's healthy. See, we don't he's, want he's a John superstar Wall. talent. We wouldn't want John Wall. We want we want Beal. We would want Beal. <laughs> but you know how much you're gonna have to give up to get Beal? Yeah, we know what we have to give up. But so, hold up, hold up, hold up. So you're telling me you're willing to sacrifice some of your some of your future plans in terms? I mean, because either way. If you guys want one of those guys, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to give up at least Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson. It's simple. Yeah, that. we know that. I think Heat fans have come to the realization that we know we're either if to get a superstar, we're either unless it's Giannis, because that's a whole different ball game. But to get a superstar, we're either gonna have to give up Hero or Duncan. We've already had this Hero and none combination um, that we kind of accepted that we're gonna give up. So I mean. I'm down with it. Now, and I kind of wanted to touch on this John on the John Wall Washington Wizards thing again, especially with Bradley Beal. You know, it, with this situation, I Lex knows this as much as I, much as anybody. I, I love to you know kind of compare NBA scenarios and NBA problems to you know my my past uh, relationships with, with women, right? So it's like it's like in this. <laughs> I see you shaking your head. I see you shaking, but no, really, because it's like you know you know it's you know like. The Washington Wizards up is the female you're always chasing after, right? Like you used to be with. And it's it's kind of like, you know, one of those things that's run its course. You know, she already told you she broke up with you. She doesn't want you anymore. You know, she, she moved on with her life. But it, it but it, I don't know. It, it's something about the Washington organization. It's like they can't, they don't know how to move on from uh from John Wall and Bradley Bill. And, you know, personally, like I said, I experienced, you know, this kind of situation myself. You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know. So here's another thing you can think about. Scott Brooks used to coach Westbrook in Oklahoma City. He's the coach of the Wizards now. That would be a natural fit to bring him in and get John. I don't I just don't think John Wall's a leader anyway. Like I don't like him as the face of the franchise. I'd be happy to get him out of there. You get Westbrook who has had some injuries but a little bit healthier, a little mm. more athletic 
if I'm just the only reason I bring up Westbrook, I was talking about earlier, he's the only salary that you could match up to get him out of there. So if I'm if I'm the Wizards, I would do that deal right away. Okay, because I've been looking at the landscape and I've been I've been reading up on some articles, you know, in terms let's 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 turn to the Rockets conversation, right? Where John Wall, I mean excuse me, not John Wall, but James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they both said they 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 it was reported beforehand, you know, they were kind of uncomfortable with the future moving forward with the Houston Rockets. And then we it come to find out that each one of them wants out of the Houston. So with each one of them willing to get uncomfortable, like I'm talking about the Houston Houston organization, they're willing to get uncomfortable with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. It is Russell Westbrook kind of diminished goods in a sense, like he does he's not that good at shooting threes. Uh no, his place, I don't want to say his play style is extinct, but because he, like I said, he's my second favorite player. But do you feel like he he still fits today's NBA as a, as a guard? You want me to take this one first? Go ahead. Okay. Um, I do think he fits, but yeah, you're right. He doesn't fit the, I guess, the truest modern, like all the guards, you got to be able to shoot a little bit. And he's what, 24% from three? Like it's, it's not good, you know? So <laughs> uh, he kind of is that style, like the Derrick Rose types, like they just don't last because they're, they, the pounding on their body and they can't, they can't shoot. This, mm-hmm. You have to be able to shoot in this modern NBA, but he's clearly been an MVP before and he's been able to bring a team to the playoffs and he doesn't win a lot without a second superstar, but it's hard to fit with him. I think that's the problem. Like who do you, how can you put other superstars around him? Like KD left probably because of Westbrook, you know, Harden now, even though they say they're boys, I don't know if he clearly don't want to play with each other anymore. So it <laughs> seems like Westbrook just can't, it's, he's just tough to play with. That's just what, from what I see. And we could say the same, really we could say the same thing about James Harden too. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, he's had Dwight Howard, he's had Chris Paul, he's had Russell Westbrook. So when I, you're like, that ball dominant, it like who wants to, you know, just sit? It, the, he's going to dribble the shot clock out, and then at the last second, he might give it to you. You know, like and that brings me to my point: Why would anybody think that it would be smart for him to go to the Nets? Right, like, like if he if he wasn't successful, like being being ball dominant with two other point guards especially one you know that we know is you know ball dominant in terms of usage rate and PR and stuff like that in terms of Russell Westbrook what makes you think he's going to go ahead and do that with the two in Brooklyn because th- those two need those two really like on any given night if they wanted to they got average 30 35 easy because yeah, I just believe they had like their talent level is that sky high what's the defense looking like though <laughs> I don't know ask Mike D'Antoni it makes sense for Harden to go there, but Kyrie's not going to be happy if Harden goes to Brooklyn. There's no way. One of them is going to have to take a step back. I'd like to see him next in bead. I feel like if they did, if he did go to Philly, though, they would have to get, they would have to trade Ben Simmons. If I'm Philly, I'd do that deal right today. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> because Ben Simmons is, again the guards that can't shoot like he has he can only give you so much you know and Houston can say he's younger they can build around him but if I'm Philly and I'm in win now mode with Embiid I don't know how many good years of him we have left with his injury history you got Doc in there now you got some shooters I think you go for it and try to get hard into Philly that's a good point right right um so going going into the NBA draft you know I I no, and it's gonna to pertain to Philly too because I, that's what my sleeper is. So, going into the NBA draft, of course, you know Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Lamelo Ball. Of course, they they all went, you know, top three. No, no particular order. You know, it it was kind of confusing. I don't think there was really no like locked in number one certified pick going into the draft. But Lex, I wanted to start with you with the with the draft happening last night. One, what was your reaction to the draft? You know, what 
who do you feel was a steal of the draft? Well, first of all, I had him locked in number one. No matter what anybody says, when everybody was like, I don't, I don't, LaMelo could still go number one. I was like, he's not going number one. It just, it, it just does not make sense. Unless Lex. Minnesota was to trade that pick, he wasn't going number one. Lex, and Lex. if you're Minnesota, I'm sorry, if you're Minnesota, you want the most NBA ready, you want the best prospect out of the draft, you're going with Anthony Edwards. Hold up, Lex, 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 Lex. Hold up. First of all, let me tell you this, Brett. So basically, I've, I've been saying this for the longest. Look, I love LaMelo Ball. I don't know what it is, but I've I seen, I seen him grow. I've seen him grow, grow and mature, you know, throughout his time, you know, whether it was at Chino Hills overseas or whether it was at Spire Academy. I've, I've seen his game grow. I was like, look, not, not every – not every not, not the best player doesn't always go number one in the draft like that. That's what I've been trying to preach. Now I've been having to defend myself on social media and bring up receipts because I do this thing on my podcast, um, uh, Instagram. You know, must ask Mondays, and I told him I asked him who's going number one overall. I kept getting a whole lot of Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Lamelo Ball. I'm like, okay, so I had to bring up receipts. I'm like, okay, look, Anthony Edwards went number one overall. What what like I said he was going top two regardless. So what is, what is your point? The point is, I said Anthony Edwards is going number one. I, I knew, I just knew deep down that Lamella was going to Charlotte because I said if they draft to positional fit and what their needs really, what they really need, there's not really anybody that fit Minnesota like that that was a top draft prospect. But if you're going for best positional fit, it would be Anthony Edwards because he would play wing next to D'Angelo Russell. There wouldn't be a point of drafting Wiseman because you have Carl Anthony Towns and it just, LaBella Ball wouldn't fit next to D'Angelo Russell. So it, it just wouldn't have made sense for it to be any other way. But other than that, I, as far as steals, I was quite surprised. I'm satisfied with the heat that they got Precious Ashua. Out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. I thought I was kind of surprised that he dropped so low because I honestly thought he would have been a lottery pick. A lot of people I thought were lottery picks. They definitely dropped below. Um, I think, I don't know. I can't really necessarily, I there was a lot of steals, but I, I will say the most surprised pick was definitely Patrick Williams going for number four to the Bulls. Oh, Lex, <laughs> he's a Florida Lex. State guy. <laughs> Lex, you, you, are, you, are, you, already, you already see the hat. You already, look, oh. I, I, I tried to tell y'all, I tried to tell all, all my guests on last episode, I'm like, look, don't be surprised if Patrick Williams goes in the top five because, like, I've been reading reports. His draft stock is going up. And personally, I, I see That's him, cool. I, no, 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 no. No, look, listen, I seen him play in college, so I know what he's about. He comes from a Leonard Hamilton coached program. So I, I like def- he's gonna give you defense. And plus the dude's like six, eight, six, nine, and he's versatile. And hold on, not to mention, he was coming off the bench. And I, I even looked at Coach Leonard Hamilton. I'm like, why you got this man coming off the bench? Now I had to sit back. I'm like, okay, obviously he knows what he's doing. Like, obviously, you have a you have a top five, top three team in the country. So I'm 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 gonna go ahead and let you do your job. You get paid the big bucks for a reason. But Lex, I tried to I tried to tell everybody. Honestly, <laughs> if I if I was if I was Patrick, I probably would have stayed another year at FSU. Why? That's just why? Me. Why? Why? Because when you're, when you're I like just I feel like I just feel like I would have I would have definitely you know I don't know. But I'm happy that he went number four. I. I always, like, I was surprised in the sense that Leonard Hamilton's system at FSU, the way they play, it doesn't set a specific player up to flourish. 
in a sense that, yes, their team defense is amazing because Devin Vassell was great. He was one of the best team defenders in this draft class. But you don't see the it, – it just it – just, it's like it's the system that they play. I was, I was just surprised. That's all. I'm happy Austin, for him. Let me get in here, Austin. Right, I got to go. get a lot for you. Okay. okay. First of all, Lex is 100% right about the order of the draft. That's exactly how it should have gone. Anthony, they don't. Minnesota doesn't need a point guard. They are. They just traded for D'Angelo Russell, and and he and Cat are good buddies, so they're not giving him up. And then Wiseman fits perfectly with Golden State. That you could argue that's a huge steal for a team that was already hurt and all that. But of course, Michael Jordan takes the riskiest top five pick in the draft, R- which is risky. Lamelo Ball. Risky. Yeah. I think he's the most yeah. talented. What are you talking about in terms of risky? Please explain. You really don't even know what – we don't even know what he is, really. Like, he played in Australia. He played in Lithuania. Like, we don't really know. Like, until he gets to the league, I'm not even sure what I'm getting with him. You hold know? up. Hold like, up. Hold up. First of all, I asked you the same exact thing about James Wiseman. He only yeah. he only played but a few college right. I think he has a chance to be in the second-best draft pick in this class behind Melo. I think, basically, James Wiseman kind of had, like, the same Kyrie Irving effect, too. Well, Kyrie really only played 11 games when he was at Duke. Yeah. And still then, went number and, one exactly and then went to the draft and then james like so basically like in a nutshell i'm basically trying to say if you know talent you see talent you know i there's no need to explain it like you 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 draft it and but the thing i was trying to uh tell lex about i'm like look if i believe Lamelo was the best player in the draft i don't i don't care regard look you could fit you can you can figure that out later you draft the best player in the draft and you i don't know everything man. else later when she's right about Anthony Edwards, like just he, you can tell he's his his NBA, NBA body. He's got like Donovan Mitchell, D Wade comparisons. Like you can tell he's going to be a guy if he's committed. And I heard all the stuff about him. Not sure if he likes basketball that much. You know, he likes he wants to be a rapper now. Like and all like is this too much too soon for that? But just watching him play, you can just tell like the guy's got all the skills that you need. So I would have done exactly that. And Lomelo, when I watch him, I sometimes I still see a high school player out there. He's got great vision. He's a good passer, but I, I don't know what I'm getting. Honestly, like I really don't, but I know you, you he, look, we can, you can have me on again when he starts the ball. If okay. he does, okay. we'll see. Okay. But in Charlotte, it's a, it's a losing organization. Like it just is <laughs> right. <laughs> How is he going to grow there with all they do is cycle in young, bad draft picks. Look at Michael Jordan's last five draft pick, like high picks. They're terrible. There's only one still left on the team. Like they're not, he doesn't draft well. So what's he surrounding LaMelo with Gordon Hayward, Devontae Graham. That's a bust. Devontae Graham's good, but <laughs> hold up. But, but, but not let, a good situation let, let me, let me push you back on this front. Yeah. You, you, you talk about Charlotte not being, you know, you know, not probably not being the best spot for Melo, you know, to grow as a player and, you know, mature as a player, but, was LA a good position for Lonzo when he first came in? Like, we're, look, you're talking about Charlotte? No, I think that, Charlotte. It was and, and you're Lonzo talking about the, the lights of LA. The team was young when Lonzo got there. It was a, still a rebuilding team, right? So I, he mm. got to play a lot. And obviously, when LeBron comes, the expectations change, and then you're out of here. So, but yeah, I guess he'll get to play a lot, but I don't know how much he's going to improve. He's just going to be kind of like going to Washington. Like you're just kind of, you're not even the playoff picture. I will say this. I think that um, LaMelo will be a star. When he'll be a star, I don't know. (laughs) But he'll be a star eventually. Brett, Brett, let me me ask you this. Just just to play devil's advocate. Yeah, sure. 
do you feel as though, you know, the, the overseeing, you know, the overseeing eye of Michael Jordan, do you feel like that have, you know, would that add pressure to LaMelo uh, to kind of succeed early in Charlotte or would we, do you see it as, you know, okay, he's kind of taking him under his wing type thing. I hope he takes him under his wing. Um, you know, you could argue the same thing happened to Lonzo. The expectations were so high. Magic was talking about putting his jersey in the rafters before he even played a game yet. You know, yeah, there was, I think there was a lot more on Lonzo than there is on LaMelo. I think the expectations are maybe a little bit better for LaMelo. It's not going to be in a bright light city like LA or New York. He's going to be in Charlotte. The media is not going to be that bad there. So I think he'll be okay there. I just don't know like what they're going to be able to get out of him in Charlotte. It's just, he'll be good, but free agents other than Gordon Hayward because they're overpaying for him. I don't know who's going to go play there. Like, <laughs> so I'm not sure about that. I want to get to that real quick to the, what I think is the steal of the draft. A lot of people talk about that kid, uh, Maxi from Kentucky. Thank, I was, thank you. I was going to say the same. That guy, he could be the best guard in the draft. You know, you so, know what? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue on that point. That That's probably the first point, right? So far that I won't argue, <laughs> argue, argue on. I, let me say this though. Also that the kid, Obi Toppin going to the Knicks at number eight, that could be a steal too. That guy is ready to play right now. Also, but I don't, he's very no, polished. Yeah. NBA ready, which is what I would like if I was drafting. I don't know. At least close. No, look, I, I, I I'm, for, personally, I'm surprised he fell that low to number eight to the Knicks because you know up up until the COVID thing, you know, he, his got his uh his draft stock was skyrocketing. You know, yeah, you know, the, the the ferocious dunks, you know, doing between the legs and you know in in the middle of a game, right? And, but like even does it even, translate to the NBA? You could argue. I don't know. We'll right, see. Right, and not only that, the Knicks have been a laughing stock for for Lord knows how many years. Yeah, so. Are we really gonna see the best OB topping in in New York? No, I, I think I think that's a legit question to ask. They have Tom Thibodeau coaching now. They brought him back, who's an old school tough guy. So maybe he can bring the most out of some of these guys. Who knows? But yeah, the Knicks seem it seems like they're doing the right stuff. They didn't overpay any for anybody in free agency yet. So it just it seems like they're in, moving in the right. But yeah, but having James Dolan as your owner, obviously nothing's gonna move <laughs> until he sells the team. Really, so. Uh, I keep, we'll I keep keep trying to tell people. I'm like, yeah. uh, until James Dolan decides to get his foot out his mouth yeah. and then decide to step down from the Knicks organization, the Knicks will forever be a mess and t- and will be a be a turmoil within the NBA. But yeah. to to get to my steal of the draft, you you you, ba- you basically took my pick. I oh, was gonna sorry. Say, I, 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 <laughs> no, no, you're good. I was gonna say Tyrese Maxey, but yeah. I could also say on the same front, I'm gonna go with the other Tyrese as well from Iowa State, Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, personally, I, personally, I thought that's who the Knicks were going to select because they they do need a guard. Like, yeah. in, in terms of like you know today's NBA where you know it's more perimeter oriented, you would you would think you need to solidify that guard spot first, and then you know kind of build around that. Um, <laughs> I I think Obi Toppin going to the Knicks was was definitely still. I honestly thought he was going to go to Cleveland. I, like everybody else, I thought he was going to go to Cleveland. I just I don't know. I think that was a steal. Uh, I do agree with Tyrese Maxey. I thought he was, I thought the Celtics were going to pick him up. He screamed Celtics to me, but we'll definitely, we'll definitely have to see what, um, I think the Mavs definitely had a strong draft night as well with their picks, but it was just, it was, I think that's the fun part about draft night is just being completely wrong about your picks. Because legs, legs. Well, this draft more than ever, though, like we barely got to see these guys. We didn't get March Madness. Like, who knows? Other than the top three, we really don't know what we're getting. Yeah, that is very true. Hey, Lex, Lex, how did your mock draft look after the first three picks? 
uh, <laughs> it was it was on point. Wasn't on point, honestly. Um, I was surprised that I got uh, Onyeka Okongwu going to the um, Hawks. I was like, I really just, I kind of guessed it. I I had him in my top three. I had him in my top three, top four for a while. But I was like, no, I feel like the Hawks are going to pick him up, which I think was a really good pick for them. They definitely need it. Um, Everything else kind of was just like, I was off by a little bit, you know. No, but uh, but personally, like, I I don't. I think I think I think one of the steals. I, I think I think Orlando did pretty good hitting on this. They they're pairing up Markel Fultz with Cole Anthony. Now I know Cole Anthony had a you know kind of injury prone season at, at his uh, only year at North Carolina, but he was he, he, he I will say this. He was a top recruit going to North Carolina for a reason. I, w- I will say that. When Cole Anthony's healthy, he can ball, man. When I watched him at North Carolina, he's really good. <laughs> I, I, you like saw I, him in the ACC, right? Playing against Florida State. Like, that yeah. guy. Cole, and he's, his dad's an NBA player. Like, that goes a long way. You know, like, getting that, being a, a young kid. A lot of those, you know, the sons of former NBA players become really good players because they have this – they're learning from the beginning. They get to hang out at NBA arenas when they're younger, you know. Like, they get a lot more exposure than the average kid does. Right. And, you know, again, personally, I got to, I got to see him at uh at FSU's home game uh, early, earlier in the year. And I was like, like, it, it's, it's one thing, it's one thing to hear about him, hear about him and see about him, you know, on ESPN. But when you're actually baseline and you see, you see him, how he attacks the rim, I'm just like, hey, he, he already has NBA, like, explosiveness. It does. To the hole. Yeah. But moving on to our next topic. So, Man, this really hurts me to say. So, so according to ESPN and Shams Karana, uh, Clay Thompson is going to be out for next season after he suffered an apparent Achilles injury. Um, you know, of course, Golden State decided to trade for Kelly Oubre with uh, OKC. You know, had to give up some draft picks and whatnot. So, Brett, I'm going to go ahead and start start this off with you. What does the Golden State Warriors dynasty look like? Because we're talking about a team that was once on top of the league, where they kind of felt like they were undefeated excuse me, where they were undefeated. And then, of course, on top of that, they add KD. They won three titles in five years. So what does the future of the Golden State Warriors look like moving forward? That is a tough question. I don't think they're completely dead. Um, I, if I were them, I'd move off Draymond Green next year if they could. Just I, I don't see him, you know, contributing as much. Like, I think he's reached his ceiling for sure. But Steph is always going to be great. So if, as long as you have that cornerstone – and I know your Miami Heat down there are going to make a play for Giannis, but don't rule out the Warriors making a play for Giannis next year if they can do it because it's that's been in the news a little bit the last year or so. Could you imagine getting Giannis to Golden State? Like, that immediately puts him back in the picture. I so be so hurt. It, I don't, right? <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't know how to feel about that, though. Like, yeah. Like, you can't just, well, you can't just plug you, him in. Like, yeah, I, and I know we'll, we can talk about Milwaukee, too, but – uh if the as far as warriors dynasty being over that the, of the core group yeah i think it's it's pretty much done they're gonna have to revamp themselves and get get a marquee free agent um i don't know but if clay comes back for them in a year and they're you know steph's still there and their games aren't like the westbrook and derrick rose type of games you know they can play later on because it's not like a taxing type of style of play so i think they'll they'll keep their core together but they're gonna have to do something big to get back on top and I, I, I will say this. When I first heard about this news, I'm like, 
again, like e- e- even though you know the hate, you know, that Golden State gets, you know, whether you want to say it's warranted or not, you know, they went 73 and 9, you know, they blew the 3 1 lead, they had, then they added KD, you know, dominated the lead. They, they became unbeatable in a sense, you know, they became the villains of the NBA, however you want to feel about them. First, it hurt me to see how he got injured in the, in the 2019 NBA Finals when he went for the layup, you know, he, he, he tore his ACL. And then I still give him props for this. He, he, he went to the tunnel, came back out, shot two free throws, made them, and then, of course, walked out of the game. So that one hurt me right there. And two, of course, hearing this one, especially in t- – like, it's the fact that it happened and it's the fact of when it happened. Like, like I understand Golden State was set on the guy going into James Wiseman. I believe they were always set on him uh, moving forward. But it at least had to cast some type of doubt. Where, okay, do you do you draft the, do you draft Melo? Like, is that is that a realistic possibility on draft night? Because you uh, know, well, I read that they it literally had no effect on who they were drafting, and yeah, I think I think also it didn't matter who you were a fan of, what team you're a fan of. I think Clay getting injured kind of just showed how much he is like one of the most loved. Um, players out there right now but I think it kind of put them in this mindset um, that you need to start working towards a rebuild and kind of looking forward to what happens after Steph and Clay and just kind of work towards that I think Kelly Oubre was a step in the right direction as far as their defense will he contribute offensively I don't know Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's, hold up. Let's not disrespect Kelly Oubre now. The, the man, no. he, he did put up 18 point, 18 plus points. He did. He did. But I'm saying more so than anything, he's going to help defensively. Look, and look, I'll say this. No matter how you put it, you got Andrew Wiggins, you got Kelly Oubre. At the end of the day, nothing amounts to the production and quality you get out of a Clay Thompson. Because exactly. if, if, if we really think about it, Clay Thompson, at least for you know, throughout the majority of his career, especially when he started to thrive, you know, back in 2014, 2015, you kind of saw he like, okay, Clay Thompson literally may be, you know, the the pure definition of a of a three and D player. Where he, he's he's gonna he's gonna give you 22 to 25 points every night while locking up your best player. Yeah, I think the other problem for the Warriors is a lot of their championships, they had great bench players during those runs, you know, like mm. Iguodala, and they had they had a bunch of those kind of Tim, uh, Sean Livingston, guys like that that would just fill in roles and just dominate. Um, they don't really have that anymore. They kind of lost their bench. They had to start paying people. This is what happens when you win championships. People get paid. So I think they have to really retool their bench. Um, and they, they, I think last year was just a trial period for all those young guys. And so maybe one of those guys steps up like the Pascal was pretty good last year. They got some guys, but yeah, I think they either, they're going to have to try to make a play for Giannis next summer. So see what happens. So let, let, let me ask you this before we go into break. So with clay out and you know, of course, Steph and Draymond being, being the hardest, you know, more so being the hardest solid team now since clay is gone. Would you do you expect to see a MVP kind of like an MVP kind of Steph Curry going the next season where you know he's averaging 30 plus a game, uh may, maybe six or seven assists, and maybe just maybe like he lifts his team to you no know, about 50, 52 wins. Because now we're because really we're talking about the West, the West is loading up as well. Like yeah, and, and, and I'll say this: I don't I, I don't I don't condone, you know, you know attacking a team you know yeah you know you deserve this da, 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 you know but i will say this the basketball guys do have a weird way of working out where like i said they, they were they were kind of this you know unbeatable team in a sense they had this narrative this aura around them 
And now it's like, okay, look, it, I, and, I, and I, I think a lot of teams do this now. Oh, you're not so tough now, are you? you KD's gone. You're not so tough. Hmm. Well, like, like I, I, I really think it's going to be that same, same type of energy. And I really think it's going to be hard for them to, like, I'll say this. I think the days of us expecting Golden State, like, I still think they can, can compete for a championship if they have a healthy Steph, Clay, and Dre. And like I said, may, maybe they move off from Dre and, you know, pursue another superstar. Like, their championship days aren't over. But, no, I don't think so either. Yeah. But the, the days of them just, you know, running buck wild throughout the Western Conference, the, those days are over. The, like, every, every team is loading up. The Phoenix Suns are loading up. The Lakers are loading up. The Clippers, eh, you know, however you want to phrase that. But every, every team every team is loading up in the West. And Golden State, I think at the very best, they'll, they'll be able to get a sixth seed in the West. I, I, can, I can legit see that. I think they'll make the playoffs, actually. It, I mean, they, they kind of pieced it together, and like getting Oubre, and I think Wiseman will impact them right away. So I still think healthy Draymond, healthy Steph, I think they're a playoff team. And I'm assuming if one of the Houston stars gets traded, Houston's going to take a step back. So usually one, you know, maybe San Antonio takes a step back and Dallas and Phoenix move up, whatever the case. But I think they'll definitely be in the mix for the six, seven, eight seed. So we're going to go ahead in the break. That's right, man. You guys are still tuning to Austin D. Radio, man. When we get back, we will discuss Gordon Hayward and his latest move to the Charlotte Hornets. But anyway, man, y'all stay tuned. Stay locked to the Austin D. Radio podcast. You ever thought about starting your own podcast? What better time than now? I mean, we are stuck in quarantine, right? While most people see it as a tall task, Buzzsprout makes starting a podcast easier than ever before. Trust me, I was scared to start my podcast too, but it has easily been the best decision I have ever made. Buzzsprout offers you the proper tools to launch a professional podcast and have your episodes listed to all major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. You'll also have a professional-looking website for your podcast with features including audio players you can drop on other websites, detailed stats to see how people are listening to your show, tools to promote your episodes, and much more. Buzzsprout will be committed to helping you succeed in your podcast journey as they upload weekly blogs, videos, and resources to help you navigate the ins and outs of podcasting. To start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, go to the link listed in the show notes. It lets Buzzsprout know that your boy Austin D sent you and helps support the show. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. What's up, everybody? You guys are tuned right back into the Austin D Radio Podcast. That's where I'm still here with my man, Brett, from the Two Tall Sports Podcast. You guys can find it on any streaming platform you guys need to. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, wherever you guys can, can find your podcast. That's where he is. Also, I'm still here with Lex. That's where you guys can also find her podcast anywhere, any streaming platform, Apple Podcasts, wherever, just wherever you guys get your podcast from, Spotify, it doesn't matter. You guys can find it on there. All you got to do is type in Beyond the Play. But anyway, moving on to our next topic. So. It appears Gordon Hayward decided to take his talents to the Charlotte Hornets. You thought I was going to say South Beach? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, so basically he signed a four-year deal for over 120 plus million for, for that contract. So Lex, I want to go ahead and kick it off to you with this. Is, is the Gordon Hayward that we all know and love from these Utah, J- Utah Jazz days, is that Gordon Hayward gone? And does this make sense for Michael Jordan, the Charlotte Hornets moving forward with their future? Um, well, he hasn't played. I feel like he just hasn't played as well since his injury. You know, I wouldn't personally pay 120 mil, but you know, MJ does as 
MJ does, as we've seen time and time again. That's not the only thing. Picking drafts is not the only thing he's bad at. But, I mean, 120 mil for Gordon Hayward. The real winners of free agency are the ones that did not get Gordon Hayward for 120 mil. That's absolutely insane. And I know the Knicks are extremely happy because that was that was an unnecessary price tag. So I wouldn't see my my the I I knew he was leaving when when I heard he declined his 34 million dollar player option from the Celtics. Like I'm not gonna say that surprised me just because I seen how his role kind of diminished, you know. When he, when he first got to uh, Boston and wanted to play with Brad Stevens compared, you know, the emergence of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, like, you know, and, and I think I think that's kind of like a weird thing as well. Weird thing as well. I, I think he knew he was going to a good, you know, solid contending team in the East. But I don't – what I think he didn't know was the fact that those young bucks right there in terms of JT and JB, how they were going to mature so fast, excuse me, into superstar and star uh, quality players in the league. So, you know – like I said, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he even went to Charlotte. You know, originally it was reported, you know, he won. He had it was the possibility of him playing, uh, playing with the Indiana Pacers and going back home, quote unquote. So, I don't like. I I I think personally, I think it's, I think it's a good move. I think I think it's a good solid move. It's not a great move. I don't love it, but it's it's a good solid move. You know, to build upon. You know, I I, I think right now, you know, with like I said, everybody loading up. You know across the whole NBA landscape. I, th- I think this is a good solid move for the Hornets moving forward. Are you, you paying know? 120 mil for uh, Gordon Hayward? I, I, look, look. No, 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 Lex, no, no, Lex, no, Lex. I understand, you know, one, d- don't count the man's money. Like I, I learned that from a young age. Don't count another man's money. Okay. That, no, 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 yeah, no, it's not his fault. That yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. It, it's not his fault because I mean, look, the 124 million is gonna have to go somewhere, regardless, you know. And, and why not go get a you know a good solid, you know, star kind of player, even though you know, you know, compared to his Utah Jazz days, you know, and kind of you know how he kind of transformed into the to the Celtics, where of course, and I, and personally, I don't I want to say this, I don't think we got the full Gordon Hayward experience in, in Boston, like a lot of fans were hoping. Because one, you know, during the first game against the Cavs uh, back in 2018, you know, we, we saw he, he got injured on the first night in a gruesome injury. And then he, his, you know, his, his role in points started to diminish. You know, he wanted to come back and, you know, Kyrie wanted to take control of the team, you know, all this and all that. So, like, I don't think we really got to see the full arsenal of Gordon Hayward. And this is why I think it's really a good move for the Charlotte Hornets, because I will say this. You guys, talk, you guys can talk about Michael Jordan, you know, being bad at his job as a GM, you know, not them not making the playoffs, you know, and they only made the playoffs three out of the out of the 15 years that he's been the GM of the squad, yada, yada, yada. Well, look, Michael Jordan has proven a point. We saw how we saw how it uh panned out with with uh Kimba, you know, and him, you know, it it, it kind of didn't mesh, you know, in Charlotte, you know, especially with them being a small market team. So I I think Charlotte, I think Charlotte's gonna do some things. I I think Jordan is really trying to put him on the map. And I will say this. I don't know if it's a hot take. I don't care how you take it. But the Charlotte Hornets will make the playoffs in the East next year. I, I, I will say that. With the, with the addition of Gordon Hayward, I think, this, I think the Hornets are going to make the playoffs as an eight seed. As an eight seed. Let me so, get in here, Austin. Let me get in on this. Go Please. ahead. <laughs> your, your boy LaMelo Ball is going to take him there? There's no <laughs> way. 
Come on. Hold up, Devon. Hold up, Devonte Graham and Melo. Look, I, I'm, sure. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying they're gonna be world beaters of the Eastern Conference or the NBA, you know, to say the least. But I do believe in, in this, you know, quote unquote, the the Eastern Conference. I do think with the addition of Gordon Hayward, they at least have a legit shot, maybe an outside shot, to get it, to sneak into the playoffs and get that AC. That's that's all I'm saying. What I don't understand with the Hornets is you let Kemba Walker walk and you don't commit to he's the best player you've drafted in probably 15 years and you don't commit to him, which is fine. I get that. You're a small market team, but then you're going to spend 120 million on an average Gordon Hayward now that I don't get that. So are you, yeah, are you a small market or you're acting like you're a big free agent market uh, type team? I don't understand that. Hold on, but I will say this though. We, we saw Kemba Walker for at least for at least about, yeah. about a good majority of his career. They weren't able to get nothing done. Sure. It, it, it was always this narrative where Kemba doesn't have enough help surrounding him, enough talent surrounding him. So that's what so I'm saying. So you go and no, spend no, no, no. 120 no. mil on Gordon Hayward? Right. Lex, if you're going to let the big fish walk, then let them all walk then. Lex, like, why overpay? No, Lex, Lex, what I'm saying is you could say I'm wrong. But I I personally believe Michael Jordan, like with the new, with the new era of LaMelo Ball in Charlotte, I believe Michael Jordan really believes now he's trying to change the narrative and that, that's what i that's what i think this the hornets are doing moving forward like I really believe michael jordan don't know what he's doing i thank you <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Austin, what has he shown you in his decision making that gives you that kind of confidence okay <laughs> you, you, no, no 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 you you got me on that point because you know my favorite sound on the podcast is you can't make a tiger change the stripes after a certain amount of time. Right. Like, like it, it, like what you would like, if you see something, you know, over and over again, take that person on their word, you know, the take, definition that person, of take, insanity. take that person on their, on the results. Right. Yeah. But like, like, like <laughs> no, said, it's a good piece to have. I'm with you there, but right. it's like, I, I looked up Gordon Hayward's numbers because I, we're going to talk about this. He averaged 17 and a half, six rebounds a game last year, four assists, like decent numbers. Like that's fine. But for 120 million for that, I don't know. I feel like I get get that elsewhere. He just keeps getting walking into money, and he can't he can't keep getting away with this. Okay, I he's a good player, but he's not your and that like that much money. You're that's a starting top line, you know, two three guard in the league for the most part. Hold up, yeah. So, so so let me let me get this straight because I I said this too. Are you got are we on the same page that we know we're not getting the same Gordon Hayward that. You know that that sign with the Celtics back in 2017. Is that a legit point to say? Yeah, which yeah. is why you shouldn't pay him like this. <laughs> exactly. Right. I. You know what? I told Austin this the other day. I would have loved to see Gordon Hayward go to the Warriors. That would have made sense to me, and still do the Ubre trade. I, exactly. I think that would be a nice piece that for them to have. That makes sense. Thank you. But, him, yeah. but hold up, but, but hold up, but him and Sean, look, Lex. Just because somebody agrees with you, agrees with you for the first time, that doesn't necessarily Not make you a genius. Not for the first time, it but it's make okay. You a genius. Yeah, I don't, we don't want to make I'm Austin just... look bad on his own show. Like, <laughs> I, I this, you know, Impo- that's impossible. Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but no, but like seriously, I like I said, call me insane, and I'm gonna repeat this again. The Charlotte Hornets <laughs> will make the playoffs going into next season as a ninth seed, and I believe Melo and Gordon Hayward flourished over that system. And I, let me say this as a caveat. Gordon Hayward will average 20 points a game next season. He probably will. It's, I mean, he probably will, but, I mean, they're just going to be forever until they make, like, 
I don't know what they have to do. They have to do something, but they're forever going to be a mediocre team. Cause I, I said last season or, you know, during this time, I said, if Charlotte makes the right choices, they could be a really good team, but I don't know what it is with them. They're just forever bound by irrelevancy and, it is what it is. So I was looking at the standings from last year, just the playoff team. So last year, Philly was the sixth seed. Brooklyn was seven and Orlando was eight. I don't see Charlotte being better than Orlando, even at the eighth seed at this point. They might be just as good. They're at the like Orlando made the playoffs last year. Charlotte was 23 and 42 last year. Uh, do you see that being a, a major improvement with LaMelo and Gordon Hayward? Their, their best player last season was Devontae Graham. And he's I don't, like the most improved player. Too. I don't think you're jumping. You're making up a 20 game difference no, no, there no. in wins. Look, I, I, I will say this. And, and what I preach is what I'm preaching on this podcast. A little insane. Yes, I will say that it, 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 it is a little insane, but I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a legit thing that can really happen. Now, like you said, you know, making up a 20 plus game spread in over one season, I'm not sure, you know, with a, with a rookie point guard coming in, you know, right. just sign, just sign another dude for four years, 124 million. It, it's going to be hard, you know, and you guaranteed. Gotta, gotta, right, guaranteed. I appreciate. It. Matter of fact, shout out to his agent. Maybe I need to get me. Maybe I need to get his agent. You know, we all need that guy. Yeah. <laughs> for, <laughs> for real, for real, for real. But anyway, moving into our last topic of the podcast. That's right. So, with Giannis's free agency decision looming. Going into next season, you know, they, they lost pieces such as Wesley Matthews. You know, they picked up guys like DJ Augustine and Bobby Portis. But there, I think there's one key piece that they're missing that could, re- that could really, you know, kind of stable them over the top. And, of course, they acquired Drew Holiday. How could I forget Drew Holiday? My bad. But Bogdan Bogdanovich. Brett, yeah. if the Milwaukee Bucks aren't able to pull this off, is John as good as gone next season? I think so. Like the best you can do for him is Drew Holiday, who's a nice player, but that doesn't scream championship to me. Like we, we've already seen Middleton isn't really a number two. He's probably like a number three, even though he made the all-star team. It wasn't the Eastern Conference last year. So <laughs> I don't see that. I just don't see championship. And they got they got beat by Miami. Like the five seed made it to the finals. And even though it was the bubble, it was a weird year. Mm. Like I was saying earlier, I think, I know Miami will make a play for him, which I think would be huge for the Heat. That that would be a great move. I'm sure you'll talk about that. He's got a but, house. <laughs> yeah, but I think the Warriors are is where is who should make the move for him next year, especially with Clay's future very uncertain. I think the Warriors make a move for him. But if I'm Giannis, I don't I don't have a lot of confidence in the front office right now. I think it was good to get George Hill and Eric Bledsoe out of there, two older overpaid guards that really didn't give you much. Um, they need to get younger like th- their whole team they have old role players you know Brooke Lopez is still their starting center like I don't get the I don't see championship there right Lex you want you want to you go ahead and take it Lex um I think Giannis going to Miami is definitely in the cards you know trust in Pat the godfather but with Milwaukee and seeing them get Drew Holiday and things like that I think they're Honestly, from my perspective, it just looks like they're preparing for the rebuild after Giannis. It that's what it that's what it's apparent. That's what's apparent to me that they're preparing for. They know that day is going to come. As much as he says he loves it in Milwaukee, 
weird. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's going to stay. It's going to be hard to get a free agent to come there on their own anyway. Yeah. They just don't get, they don't land free agents there. So I think he, it's inevitable. They should trade him. Well, not yet, but they should trade Giannis before he walks. Right. And for me, like, like you said, I, I, th- I think regardless of what happens, you know, what, what more, whatever Milwaukee tries to do, you know, to, to, you know, persuade Giannis to stay. I personally, I already think he's good as gone. Like it, like it, like if we look at the if we look at this so-called MVP, let, let let's look back at this you know last three playoff series. So let's go to the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2019. Uh, let's see, Giannis has really wet the bed in the playoffs throughout the past couple of couple of playoff se- series, right? Oh, matter of fact, I got, I got the plus numbers up right now. So back back in the Toronto series, you know the first couple of games he was plus eight going to game one, plus seventeen going to game two. No, and then and then it dropped off, you know, a little significantly. Going going into Game Three, when Toronto, let's say, figured him out, it was it was only plus three, then negative nineteen, then negative two, and only plus three. Now that's not all, folks. So let let's let's you know let let's go ahead and skip down down to the Miami series, where shall I say Miami, Pat Riley, Eric Spoelstra, they have the blueprint to stop Giannis. That means they had it in the regular season, they had it in the playoffs. If we look at it, throughout this whole series. Giannis only had a plus, he only had one plus or uh, minus, one plus or minus game going, going into that, uh, into the whole, the whole series and, and its totality. Game one, negative 14. Game two, negative seven. Game three, negative 13. Game four, only plus two. And of course, we all knew he got injured and missed game five. So what I'm saying is Milwaukee has like, even though we could say Giannis, you know, hasn't necessarily developed, you know, that outside jump shot that we all saying that we're all saying is the only really the only thing holding Giannis back from being a true great within the NBA. Milwaukee has shown me nothing to say that they're going to contend because if we're being honest, the same the same team that got knocked out against the Toronto Raptors is the same team that they decided to bring back and thought they were really going to win a championship. Like, and I'm going to say this, when you stand pat it, it just doesn't make no sense. You ha- you have to change the formula. It's like knocking your head up against the wall. You're gonna are you gonna keep doing it, or are you gonna you know actually get a hammer and a nail? You know, try to make the job easy on yourself. So Milwaukee, listen to me and listen to me clear. Giannis is good is gone, and I'm I'm gonna say that I'm a, I'm gonna say this, Lex. He's taking his talents to South Beach. <laughs> My bad. I'm just gonna keep saying he has a house there. Why not? <laughs> you know what else? I think he fits that mentality too, right? Like he's not really friends with anybody in the league. You got the hard-nosed Pat Riley, Jimmy Butler. You got that kind of vibe there, the tough culture. I think Giannis fits that culture actually better than anywhere else. So I think um, it makes sense. I won't be surprised if Pat Riley and Jimmy Butler go out and recruit him like they, they did with Avery Bradley. They have the shooters already. So they're really missing just that dominant big guy. And then you have the two superstars and all the shooting around. I think they're in the finals every most years if they get Giannis. And that's honestly why I haven't, like me as a Heat fan and most Heat fans, we're really like, as far as the lack of moves they've been making, it's kind of like, okay, we're not doing anything. But we just, that's the piece that we're looking for. That's, we need our superstar. We need our big. And it looks, our future looks bright. And watching them in Miami in the bubble, like, yes, it's the bubble. They're not, you know, doing any home court or traveling or anything like that. But honestly, other than what we don't know about Brooklyn yet, 
Miami's they're better than all the other Eastern Conference teams. They sh- they've shown that, you know, even though Boston's up and coming in Philly, we'll see. But Miami's a team to beat still, you know, like we don't know. And we haven't seen what Brooklyn and wacky KD and Kyrie look like right now. So we'll see. Oh, hey, don't don't even get me started on the No. Book. Oh. Yeah, look, I'm a big K- like I love KD's game, and I've as a LeBron hater for many years, <laughs> I've always tried to put KD above LeBron just skill wise, right? You can just tell he does a few things better than LeBron. Obviously, LeBron does many things better than most people, but yeah, I, I don't know what we're getting with Brooklyn, but outside of Philly, it's pretty much Miami. Yeah, and you're absolutely right because KD's coming off an injury. Yeah, yeah, and personally, right now, I personally, I still stand. With my pick, I still got Boston coming out of the Eastern Conference. Last, we'll uh, I, I got them coming out of the Eastern Conference this season. Even I had the same thing for them last season, even though you know, you know, they even though they lost, they end up losing to the Miami Heat. But let me ask you this, Brett. So you talk about KD. You know, you know, you you had years where you know you were deemed a LeBron hater. Yeah. Are, are you on? Are you on that same wave as Skip Bayless in terms of saying <laughs> KD is the best player in the league? I can't say that he is right now. It's, it, look, and a, full disclosure, obviously, I you know grew up in Southern California, so I was a Kobe guy for many, right. many years. So he was the guy for me. Um, I don't love some of LeBron's decision-making at the end of games where he always has to make the right play. And my whole thought is, well, sometimes the right play is you, the best player in the world, <laughs> doing something. So instead of giving it to Danny Green, who hasn't hit a shot since last year, and the, oh, that's a whole other story. Um, but... Uh, I love Katie's game when he's right. He's, I think he's the most unstoppable offensive player in the game. When oh, he no, is no healthy, doubt. No right? Doubt. Like it's hard to go against him like that. And when they did match up, when he was at the Warriors against Cleveland, he gave it to LeBron many nights. So it's hard to go against that. Hold up. Blah, blah. You know, what's funny. Let's not act like and forget, you know, LeBron used to hand, usually, usually sure. handed it to KD. He did. Before, you know, pre golden state. Right, he beat him in the finals with it when OKC was there. Yeah, totally. But that was also when LeBron, not a shade against Miami, but kind of a shade <laughs> when they built the super team. That was a little ridiculous, but yeah, that's true. No, LeBron's been great for the longest amount of time. Totally get that. Um, but offensively, obviously, he's not as good of a shooter as KD. Mm. You know, it's just. But yeah. so, do you think that now that because I think the Celtics have acquired. Um, Tristan Thompson do you think that's gonna have like because I don't I don't with the Celtics I honestly think they kind of had I wouldn't say drop the ball during free agency but they they're not like the Celtics that I feel like they were during the bubble obviously so I mean picking up someone like Tristan Thompson do you think that's gonna like help them at all I don't think so. I don't think it does a lot. And I'm surprised because usually Danny Ainge is really active in free agency and trades and always, he's always the smarter GM in all those trades. I, for some reason, they're just, they let Gordon Hayward go. And I I don't think Boston to your, to your pick Austin, I don't know if Boston didn't like, they didn't do anything really in free agency yet. So I didn't see, I don't see them being better than they were. And honestly, I think, I think this is going to like, and I've been saying this, this is going to be the Achilles heel of the Boston Celtics. The fact that they have no true big man in yeah. the middle. Like, you can say all you want about Daniel Tice. Like, personally, for me, I eh, he's a little he's, soft. He's, on the all right. he's a little soft on the defensive end. Let, let's just yeah. say, you're right. He, he, he's all right. But he, he's not going to put you over the top in terms of, you know. You know a, and I'm not saying, I'm not even saying they have to get a premier big man. All I'm saying is they have to get a solid big man. Like, I don't, like, even though Robert Williams is young, you know, he's growing. You know, he's showing some promise. I don't think he's going to get it done. 
no, even though he does provide, you know, that kind of spark off the bench. But the only way, and like I said, I want to I want to use this as my caveat. The only way Boston will win the East next year is if they acquire at least a solid, not even a premier, just a solid big man in the middle that could, you know, that could just stop this highway. Because if we look at Boston's offense, you know, norm, and I think this is another thing they ran into as well. There was too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, Jay, yeah, Jalen Brown, yeah, uh, Jason Tatum, yeah, Gordon Hayward. Like they had, they you had, you had a lot of what they felt were three guards. I mean, not not three guards, but uh, three. Forwards. You know, in terms of small yeah. fours. Yeah, they did. They definitely need to. They need to make a move at the deadline for somebody. I know Marcus Gasol is still out there. Again, a little older, but I think you're right. They do need a big man because they have everything else pretty much covered. And Kemba Walker is a good enough point guard to get them there. Um, I don't think he played that well in the bubble, though. But and then um, he he was coming off an injury too. Yeah, I, I I I will say that they need they just need a, one more guy and they'll be there. Yeah, and, and and it's like they it's like they're just one piece just one yeah. piece away. And I feel, I feel like they're gonna bring another banner to Boston. But anyways, anyways, man, it is that time of the show. That's right, man. We're coming to an end. But again, I do want to thank Brett for joining me on the podcast. You guys can find him on Instagram at Two Tall Sports Podcast. You guys can also find him on Apple Podcast, Spotify. Again, also I want to thank Lex for joining me and hopping on to another episode. You guys can find her podcast at Beyond the Play. Lex, where can they find you on Instagram? Produced by Lex, produced by Lex TV, whichever one you plan on following. More sports stuff I'm produced by Lex TV, but produced by Lex is the one I use the most often. Anyway, again, I do want to thank you guys for joining me on the podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. But anyway, anyway, until next time, peace. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Austin D here, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of Austin D Radio. If you'd like to catch up on any of the previous episodes, you guys can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you guys get your podcasts from. All you have to do is type in Austin D Radio. Also, if you'd like to stay updated on topics for upcoming episodes, you guys can follow me on Instagram at underscore I am Austin D. And remember, Austin D Radio is home of all trending NBA news.